What I'm learning more and more is that there is an active movement of the internet and the world against Caillou. And, like, Explain. you've never heard of Caillou. What the fuck's a Caillou? Caillou's this bullshit little kid show that, like, the main character, like, parents are actively, like, my kid didn't like, or didn't hate vegetables until Caillou told him to. How do you spell that? He's, <laughs> or, he's this, I have no idea how to spell it, but he's, like, this bald kid on, like, PBS and watching or reading, like parents go off on how much they hate this little fucking bald kid. Oh, C A L I O U. Yeah, <laughs> Calio. Um, and watching parents rage out at a goddamn kid show is—I don't know why I enjoy it so much, but I do. Um, watch them talk about how he's just like anti-authoritarian and like. Basically just gets the, into the little kids' heads to, like, talk back. Talking back to their parents is completely okay and don't eat your vegetables and just whine until you get your way. You know, amazing lessons for the youth to be brought up with. I'm sorry, there are an amazing number of super offensive Caillou memes out there that I've now stumbled into. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, this this is... This is magical. <laughs> this, this will require further, um... Exploration later, like this is the uh, this is like this is on the same scale as the fucked up Arthur memes. Oh my god, the Arthur memes! I remember back in my 4chan days being involved with a uh, they. I think it was like on the Arthur website they came up with this like it, it was like make your own comic with Arthur. Yeah, and you had like all the characters, and you could write like word bubbles and thought bubbles and like. Everyone was just making these insane comics, and then they would just, like, layer the same character a million times. It would just turn into, like, like almost like a virus was corroding the thing. Like, it yeah. got really crazy, and it was actually really fun. And basically, all of it just came back to the teacher being a rapist. Yeah, that's not quite the gist of the memes I'm talking about, but on par. There, It's more, there's a couple, like, it's famous shots in the show people have appropriated, and... If you're familiar with the characters at all, they are fantastically fucked up. It's oh, yeah. it, it's a time. Oh yeah, especially because that show actually has like characters that they're not exactly deep, but they have defining characteristics, and you can use that like this character has this one characteristic. Let me take that all the way to the extreme in the worst way possible. Yeah, it's not quite that angle. It's more like um. I don't know how to explain like getting real creepy and real uncomfortable with myself, so I'm gonna stay <laughs> off this one. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that that's uh, Caillou apparently. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, the second twenty-fifth episode of the Wicked Awesome Cast, for that matter. As always, I'm Charlie, and this week somehow I'm joined by Jeff. Yes, uh, I died last week, but fortunately someone nearby had a phoenix down and uh, Too nerdy. Able to resurrect me. <laughs> Too, <laughs> Too nerdy on this on this video game podcast. How how can that be? Uh, I don't like Final Fantasy enough these I said, days. I, I forgot we were into re- we, we're into very non nerdy things like crocheting. Um, <laughs> Knitting takes our, balls, our, man. Knitting takes balls. It, it does multiple, many colors. <laughs> it does um, of the wind. 
<laughs> you hate me already. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> if not, maybe you should consider trying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So um, I have a little game prepared for us called um, What Does Jeff Remember Before We Get to Our Weeks? Uh, we are should the- we explain what happened? Yeah, for, so I, I, thought know, I, do a lot, I thought I'd do an actual little intro for us this week. Um, as always, we are the uh, official podcast of Something Wicked Studios. You can reach us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com or online at the... Um, Something we could do. YouTube.net. Facebook. There's also the YouTube and the Facebook. Yes, yes, these are things that happen. I think their links are down in the show notes. But um, there's rumors of a Twitter. There is a Twitter. <laughs> it updates whenever stuff goes up and whenever I feel like ranting about something video game ish or whenever really important Destiny news happens. Mm-hmm. But things they can't wait for the podcast. No, I just like tweeting Destiny news. <laughs> Fair. That's, makes me happy to retweet stuff. I'm like, fucking yeah, Destiny. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so um, as you may have noticed, this is the second 25th episode. Want to explain that one, Jeff? So, we always talked about doing a drunk cast, and then we decided we were going to record on a weekend, which I'll explain why that happened later in the week, because that's not important at this moment. So Jeff thought it would be a great idea to try and turn it into the drunk cast and, you know, it was all upbeat and it was going to be great. And then Jeff drank way, way, way too much vodka while playing Magic the Gathering with a friend. Jeff and, hit it hard. Really hard. Jeff then, this is like the best story ever, I get. I, as my roommate put it, you had a sorority moment. In hindsight, so it's a great re- story. When it was happening, yes. I wanted to kill you. Uh, you still do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wish the audience could have seen the, fa- the happy face you just gave me. Um, Jeff's death. So, so Jeff left the podcast to go throw up and then managed to or rolled over on his back in his laundry pile and fell asleep. Okay, so you're missing the important part is that... First six hours. <laughs> you're, you're missing the important part of the story that was, um, the in, like, we're recording and Jeff is not capable of finding his microphone reliably and is kind of swaying back and forth in his chair and eventually gets up to throw up the first time. He gets up to the go throw time. up two or three <laughs> times before Jeff just... Two times. <laughs> ...doesn't come back. Exactly. And it's at this point I go... Hope he's okay. I get a couple texts, I guess, from Jeff throwing up in the bathroom, and I'm like, okay, he's alive, and then an hour passes, and I go, hey, I'm, uh, you, you coming back anytime soon? Jeff and, managed to, or silenced his phone because he knew he'd be recording, so Jeff did not get these messages. <laughs> yes, and this is now when Jeff is MIA, and I, I'm like, eh, I feel like I should probably call someone, maybe the police of Jeff's town, just to make sure he didn't, like, throw up, hit his head on the toilet, and die, or he's not like... I'm like, you don't normally throw up multiple times. You normally, like, purge, and then you feel like shit, but you don't normally purge multiple times. I should be worried about Jeff. So I called Jeff's parents, and I contacted Deadly Joe, being like, hey, I'm uh, Deadly Joe, do you have any way of contacting Jeff's roommate? (laughs) He did not, sadly, but... (laughs) <laughs> Jeff is alive, despite all our jokes about him trying to be killed by the sun. Charlie Charlie was a good, kind, caring friend and actually yes. tried to save Jeff, and Jeff is appreciative. I, I think my favorite part of it is, is I called your parents and left them a fantastic voicemail that contained the phrase, So, um, uh, me and your son were playing a drinking game while we were recording the podcast. Two-second pause. 
I don't know why I said it like that. We're both over 21. We're legally allowed to drink. I don't know why I'm embarrassed <laughs> about this. 20 fucking six. I've been 21 for a while. Look, I don't know why I'm embarrassed <laughs> about this talking to your parents. I think I've drunk around them. Like, this is all in the recording I left yeah. for them, too. I'm like, My yeah. mom's probably drunk around you. My <laughs> yeah. dad, for medical reasons, can't drink, but... <laughs> No, I'm like, just this moment of like, yup, this is a weird thing to be happening. We're old enough, this shouldn't be a problem anymore. Oh, that's that's what makes it especially good. I'm old enough, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But then Jeff went into our, had to have a sorority girl flashback of his own. You're never too young to have a sorority girl flashback. Or too old, apparently. <laughs> or too old. And uh, <laughs> went too hard on the vodka. Potato yeah. drink is dangerous. <laughs> but yeah, this so. is why this is why I usually stick to whiskey because you notice you're drinking. This is true. <laughs> you were very proud of how much you were drinking too, which made it kind of funny. Like you kept holding up the glass and pointing at, like, "Yes, Jeff, yeah. that's a lot of vodka inside of you. Yep. That's not going to pass through you normally." I'm willing to bet. <laughs> I think I drank two eight ounces, two eight ounce glasses of half vodka, half orange soda. <laughs> For those doing math. Jeff ingested yep. eight ounces of vodka in probably two hours. I what actually is... didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, for those also curious, it took Jeff two drinks to get to Ch Charlie at the end of blood drunk levels drunk. Mm hmm. In my defense, they were healthy fucking drinks. I didn't drinks. say they weren't healthy fucking drinks. We were, we were also drinking vodka that sobered you up a little bit with every shot because it was pain incarnate. Oh, yeah. For those who have not seen The Blood Drunk but listen to this podcast, Charlie and his friends managed to do this with sriracha fucking vodka. Don't ever the do that. The scourge of this universe. Like, I, I don't know which I'd rather have in a mixed drink. W sir, would you like 50-50 Sprite and uh, Seagram's, or would you like 50-50, or, sorry, 50-50 sriracha vodka, or 50-50 Everclear, or, um... God damn it, I'm derailing myself. Bleach. Goddamn bleach. I will drink bleach before that sriracha vodka. I, I It'll think, probably taste better. I think a cup be of better non, for my intestines. A cup of non-lethal battery acid might go down smoother. Fucking rot gut. Yeah. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But um so before we get to our weeks, I want to play a little game called What Do You Remember, Jeff? From that day? Yes. Or, so I remember talking, or from that whole day, I played a whole bunch of video games with my friend Jolly Rogers. Um, then I started drinking heavily, <laughs> and then I started talking to you. I obviously ha get to cheat and remember last week by the fact I have audio recordings of our discussions about the uh, effects of psychedelics on the human brain. This is true. Um, and then I also remember telling you the story of my D&D &D campaign, which I'll wind up recanting here. I believe I mentioned, and I'm going to be probably talking about again later, that uh, I talked about the game inside. Um, you did not actually mention it at all. Oh, I didn't mention inside. All right. Um, then I remember throwing up. <laughs> I remember waking up in my closet staring at my ceiling. <laughs> I remember calling you back, texting my parents and them laughing at me. <laughs> As they should. As they should. As they should. And then I remember going to bed, and yeah. So how did I score, Coach? That's about what I was expecting, because there's definitely some chunks of time where I'm like, 50-50 chance, Jeff doesn't remember this all that clearly. 
Do you remember your reaction to roller derby? Reaction to roller derby? No, I don't. Yeah, that's there are there are probably some moments that you're probably kind of glad we lost to the ether. <laughs> you got some serious man crush on Alex going on too. I won't, I won't mm-hmm. dive too deep into that, but I mean, who wouldn't? But I, I think my favorite <laughs> part was we tried talking. I'm not sure what news article it was, but you made the point. I responded. You made the same point. I go. You just said that. You said the same point for a third time, and I'm <laughs> like, let's see how long I can keep this going before he catches on. <laughs> Spoiler, not quickly. No, I had to move on. (laughs) But yeah, Jeff, uh, how was your week? So how was this week and last week? Yeah, I guess. So this week in itself has been pretty bland. I've been at work a lot, though. The good news is they've greenlit me to build a machine, so I've been doing a lot of wiring and programming and just being under the hood of equipment. So Jeff the Engineer has been in his element. Um. So I'll start off with the two things that I brought up 10 seconds ago, which I'll start off with telling the story of my D&D campaign, which fortunately this week I was not the butt end of, because usually I come in to tell you stories of the ninja who falls on his face. But today I get to tell you the story of the alchemist that picked a fight he couldn't win and got his face smashed. Isn't that every fight an alchemist winds up in because they're alchemists? Well, in Pathfinder, Alchemist basically means bomb lobber, so... Yeah, I know. It's There's a couple games out there that have that, but at the same time, like, it's also the only class where it's, like, nerd underscore the class. Well, I'd rather have one of them than ten bards, so... Fair. <laughs> Fucking bards. Um, so we get to this big giant city, and the Alchemist immediately goes, Hey, does this city have any death pits by chance? And the GM's like, yeah, sure, it's got death pits. He goes... Anyway, I can uh, volunteer to fight something in there? And he's like, um, sure. So they get to this pit fight, and the gnome, who I call the Intibinome, because he has, like, 24 in charisma, and uh, he has sunk so many points into Intimidate. He can Intimidate his way through anything, even though he's, like, three foot one. And... So he goes out and he does this entire spiel and he's like, you know, this is our great alchemist. He's, you know, slayer of the shadow beast, which are uh, the smoke monster, which we're not telling anyone was we solved a problem by throwing a smoke grenade and convincing some not so intelligent people that it was a smoke monster and they ran away. Um, you guys don't really and- play heroes, do you? No, no, it's very Monty Python-ish. Mm. I mean... We, some people take it very seriously. I'm very much the Monty Python type person. Well, yeah, you're playing Naruto, um, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing Batman. But um, that all aside, so what happens is this giant scorpion comes out, and when the alchemist picked this enemy, he didn't realize the thing's move speed. So he was like, yeah, I'll just stay far away from it, and I'll just lob bombs at it, and I'll kill it. Bingo, bango, bongo. So he come the. They open the gates. Round one, the alchemist ba- uh, basically breathes fire on it and does a butt-ton of damage to it. It's like, oh, things are looking good for our hero. Round two, the scorpion just fucking grabs him, picks him up in one arm, starts beating him into the earth. And this entire crowd's watching this scene of this one dude just being flung around the stadium. Explain <laughs> to me how a death pit has rounds. Uh, well, I mean, rounds of time. Just, oh, fair enough. Or fair the, enough. Uh, the game fair round. Enough. And uh, <laughs> he winds up getting the creature within, like, an inch of death and basically the equivalent of rodeo clowns coming and save his ass. And then I just, like, 
did a triple backflip off the top shelf and just killed the thing from the stands and stole his it stole the kill of what was bound to kill our alchemist. Um, Should have let him so die. That was, <laughs> so that was the low point of the party. Um, so moving on to why I was locked up for the weekend is basically. I basically spent my last weekend on house arrest without being arrested because um, I wanted found to have... You, huh? They finally found me. Um, so it turns out or I needed to do a whole bunch of things to my car. I needed to have state inspection done. I needed to have a chip filled in the windshield and uh, have the oil changed. And I was like, I'll have you know the company do this all at once because they give me free oil changes because I pay for them and they... Uh, and they're like, okay, yeah, but we contract out the um, windshield repair, so it's going to have to come in on a weekday. So they're like, does Monday work? I'm like, sure. And they're like, okay, we're closed Sunday. I'm like, okay, so I have to give them my car on Saturday so they can have it for Monday so that I can pick it up on Monday. I'm like, fuck me. And my roommate's like, I'm going to Boston, so I'm going to be leaving at, like, noon. So I didn't have my car from, like, well, he woke up late. It's, so like, 1 p.m. onward. I'm like, Fuck. I have nothing to do. I'm stuck in my apartment by myself. You should start drinking. Um, so I started drinking. Um, and it was fantastic. Um, but it did give me some time to discover some amazing things on Steam. Uh, well, first of thing. all, I discovered the... Uh, there's a technology we talk about on this podcast, sometimes, rarely, on occasion, called... Uh, VR, you might have heard of it. Oh, that's the Oculus um, and stuff. Yeah, and stuff. And I think I finally found the floor. I'm sure we'll surpass the floor at some point, but I finally found a fucking A, that's a low point thing, which was Steam was trying to sell me VR craps. The VR experience of dice throwing the game in a universe where I, one, I can throw dice wherever I would like. <laughs> All I need is the dice. <laughs> and the Oculus, or best I can tell, this game did not require you to have any of those, like, fancy motion waggle hand technologies. So I don't even get the true dice rolling experience. It's literally push buttons on your keyboard and look at a table yeah. from as many angles as you want. <laughs> we, we've, we've, hit a, we've hit a low point. Yeah, we have. I I know what this is because we talked about this briefly last week, and I still immediately go to, why are they making VR bathroom simulators? Dear God, why? Yes. Oh, God. VR, please, please, please. I, I, I want you to be successful. This isn't the starting point. It kind of makes sense in some weird way, but at the same time, it really doesn't. It, I think we're about to go through the, like, the $5 developer cycle of, like, I I charge no money for my product and I spend no money on my product. How We've can I min max make these many of them? We've kind of been there for a little while now. Oh, I know, but now it's getting to VR. Yeah. It's the natural progression. No, I mean in VR. We've here's kind the of, evidence. We've kind of been there for a little while in VR. Not to flat out just diss mm -hmm. on VR for a second, but there aren't a lot of VR games out there. It's all about experiences or things that show off how potentially cool VR is. Not so much things you might actually really want to play. Hmm. Which they need to get caught up on that thing. Yeah. So the other great thing I found on Steam is there's a Steam curator named Hodor who Hodor. reviews 
Yes, Hodor. Hodor. And he reviews video games, and every review is just Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. <laughs> and the dude's gone through pretty much the entire Steam fucking catalog just saying Hodor. Doing God's and work. Doing He's God's doing God's work. work. All seven of them. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I, I okay. Pretty- before you move on, I gotta ask. Um, how long are the reviews? Um, usually only two to three words. Okay. I think there may be some that are full paragraphs, or actually, there's definitely ones that are like two to three sentences. Just Hodor. I this may be a turnoff to you, but he also sometimes writes Hodor with like. Special characters and stuff. That's fine. That's it's it's emphasis. Yeah. Hodor. Yes. Hodor. Hodor. The the character has a surprising amount of range, despite only saying one word the entire run of the show. Various levels of concern. Uh, concern, <laughs> surprise, fear, distress, hunger, horniness. Like <laughs> really, it just takes it back to the idea that you can communicate really through grunts. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh man, I love the. Uh, I'm sure you've seen on the internet floating around out there. There's the uh, the chapter from the first perspective of Hodor. Yes, Hodor, <laughs> Hodor, 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 Hodor. Yeah. Yep. Hodor. Yep. The, thank you, internet. Thank you, our internet overlords, and the gifts that you uh, you bring down to us. We thank you, the internet, for being yep. what you are. So the next thing I wanted to talk about might last for a little bit. Okay. Which is the game Inside. So that was the big thing I probably did with my weekend, really, is I beat the game Inside, which, as anyone can tell you, the ending's really fucked up and surprising and blah, blah, blah. So I really liked Limbo, which is why this game would appeal to me. Yes. And anyone who did like Limbo, because it's basically Limbo. But the thing that I don't like, and I don't think it's spoiler to say all this, but if you really want to know nothing about the game, I guess skip ahead like five minutes. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. Um, so the game does all this time of building up this very harsh world where you have, you know, in the entry of these people in masks who are just gunning you down for no reason. And then they introduce like mind, like pig parasite things. And then the mer creatures, and the world just gets more and more fucked up. And then, shut up, phone. They introduce, like, there's some kind of overculture. Like, some kind of have and have nots. Some people are zombies. Like, there's this. Some upper class is exploiting the lower class somehow for some reason. Basically, and that'd you're, be really... your typical dystopian shit, essentially. Exactly. Which. If they ever came up with some kind of thing, like, I don't know if this is just subtext that I need to read further, or there's some kind of fan theory that can bring this all together, but at the very least, I didn't find it. That, like, maybe if, like, these people were being used to power all these things, and that's why they need so much servitude from the masses, that'd be one thing. And then you wind up discovering, like, they're doing experiments on them and stuff, and then they the game never explains why... Or for what purpose? Like, it never explains why we have all these subservient zombies or why they're important or why there's these experiments or, like, who is this upper echelon and why are they doing this? Do do, do they benefit from it? You mean my typical complaint of 
are you just comically evil or is there a reason behind your evil? Like, it's like, we get it, you're oppressing yeah. people. Why are you oppressing people, though? Yeah, what do you have to gain from the oppression? And the game outright doesn't address that. Mm. And that really bothered me. Um, I didn't mind that the ending is really, really confusing. Like, I can kind of live with the finality of it, that's fine. But it didn't get me any closer to understanding the universe in any way, and that really upset me. Sure. So I guess, um, like, this game generally has had a pretty positive reaction to it. I have downloaded it but not played it really all that say, much All this yet. said, I would still probably play through that game again. I so, really did enjoy if, it. It's way early to be talking about this, but, like, the way most people talk about this game is it's a game of the year contender. Do you feel that having played it? No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um... It's the game has a lot of things in it that I know would drive like the sane person mad. Like there's all kinds of climbing puzzles with tons and tons of boxes in the foreground that you literally can't touch. And it's like, if I could just move in the Z direction, I could solve this puzzle. I could grab some boxes. Um, I could deal with this. Yeah, there's a lot of moments like that, but like, I mean, that's just the tiniest of gripes, though. And that, that really side scrollers at that point too. Like, yeah. it's the here's the set dressing. Why can't I climb the set dressing? Yeah, um, the game does suffer from that. Um, the storyline I ha I just expressed my complaints with the gameplay. I enjoyed, but I'd probably be just as happy going back and playing Limbo. Yeah, and Spider's motives aren't complicated. They're just ravenous, hungry, evil things. So giant not spider. even their modes explain was easy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this game could I mean, honestly, maybe this game would have improved if at the end the spiders from Limbo just came in and started, like, so I was oppressing the people who were oppressing you. I was curious if you were going to talk about that at all because there are some crazy conspiracy theories out there that are trying to link the world of Limbo and the world of Inside together. I mean, once you start doing that, I guess it gets fun. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't see anything that truly ties the games together. If that said, it's been a while since I played Limbo, so there may be just some stuff I'm forgetting. That's been the general reaction to it of, yeah, that's not really a Limbo reference. It's just, a, it's the same studio, really. The same studio put out the same game with the same mechanics. I mean, I just view it as, it's Limbo with more puzzles. Not fair. Um, overall, I really enjoyed the game. I do recommend playing the game. Um, uh there were a lot of puzzles and stuff in the game that I definitely enjoyed. And sure. some of the monsters were genuinely terrifying. Like the fucking mer people, dude. <laughs> I will have to play that so we can have a deeper conversation about it, maybe. Yeah, it's it's been on my list. I felt it's probably one I have to play for Game of the Year deliberations at some point or towards the end of the year, but we'll mm. talk later, I guess, about it. Definitely. Yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah. But uh, that pretty well wraps up my week. Okay, so I guess on my end, um, I got to run through my week kind of briefly when we did the um, emergency uh, off-topic cast last week when that went up. But so, yeah, I haven't really been doing that much aside from kind of the stuff I ran through quickly then. I've been playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto V, and I'm not sure why. Like, mm -hmm. I, it's, I like Grand Theft Auto V online's multiplayer stuff in theory, in execution, I'm not really all that happy with it, and this is gosh, it, it, but I also really love it in theory. Like it's the, the the amount of stuff you can do in that game is pretty fucking awesome. What I wish I could do, I'm playing it on the PC. I wish I'd stuck to a console actually because 
I like playing that game with a con with a controller. And controllers in that game on PC are weird because you can wind up in a, uh, one of the missions or one of the game types where they've turned the auto-aiming, which makes the uh, controller aiming a lot more salvageable, flat-out off. And that fucking mm -hmm. sucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always turn it off when I'm given the option because it forces me to, like, uh, target more. I think it's because I played so much Resident Evil that, like, having a steady hand and waiting to place the shot is one of those things I try and force myself to do. I'd be okay with that, like, except for the fact that it's like, no, don't dump me in a lobby then with a bunch of people that are all using mouse and keyboards, yeah. where it's like, no, no, if I'm doing that, give me the goddamn auto-aim or aim assist at least yeah. a little bit. I was going to say, that also works in, what I'm describing just works in PvE, PvP not so much. Yeah. And I don't think there's any missions in that game, at least not yet, that are like, you and five people versus five other people. Oh, it's a bunch Something of them. Like there is a bunch oh, are now? in the multiplayer. Okay. There's survival. I only ever there. played once. It was like you and five people versus like, or I guess it's all my friends had me do the, uh, whatever the big missions are called. The heists. The heists, yeah. So that's the annoying one because people will turn. I was broke as a joke. People will turn the auto-aim off in heists, which I don't get. Uh, does it have a monetary reward? No. Oh. I don't know, I guess but, yeah. just general garden variety elitism. I, I don't fucking know. It, it annoys me. But yeah, Iron Banner is back. I've been playing that Iron Banner. That Destiny is still a thing I play a little bit of on and off. I, I'm i entering, let's ramp up for Rise of Iron mode. Um, Say, I think I saw a uh, commercial on Twitch recently for something for Destiny that wasn't Rise of Iron. Possibly. Um, there uh, may be... The I could be crazy we may talk about this in the news briefly but i'll talk about it here they did announce a like collector's edition of that like all the destiny prime stuff and last year's expansion and rise of iron one big collector pack thing which is kind of cool and mm -hmm. i will not be buying it because i'm like eh, it looks real cool but no yeah. not doing that to myself so unfortunately get the advertisement like twice because immediately all the advertisements on Twitch have been bought by the new World of Warcraft expansion that yeah. I'm ignoring. Yeah, I I looked at that briefly and said, huh, I kind of maybe want to play World of Warcraft again and then watched our World of Warcraft video and said, no, no, I don't. Yeah, that can cure you that real fast. <laughs> no, it's cool. They're getting Demon Hunters. That's something mm -hmm. I've wanted in that game for a long ass time. And it might have kept me going, but yeah. One of the things that Blizzard does really well is the crossover between their different games. Like, you can go and play, you can go in Heroes of the Storm and play Diablo characters, Overwatch characters, that's Starcraft characters. That's all Heroes of the Storm is. I mean, yes, that's all that is, but now you can play Demon Hunters in Warcraft. And Well, they've, already, mean, they've always been in Warcraft. Or... I guess I'm just uninformed. Yeah, they were but, a... Um, you know, so in Warcraft 3, they added hero units. I meant World of Warcraft. Yes, but, they've been... A, yeah. the Illidan's been in World of Warcraft for a long time because the Warcraft and the WoW universe are the same down to, like, no, we have total crossover, and the hero characters from the um, RTS are the kind of badasses in the in the MOBA... Not MOBA, um, yeah. MMORPG. But, yeah. yeah, it's it's... They brought Death Knights over as a playable class, which was a hero class in the RTS and now they're bringing demon hunters over and that's kind of this is gonna sound strange if you were to go back to when I was playing WoW and make a like a wish list of what I'd love to see in that game they're now out of wish list items for me hmm 
Like, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, but at the same Too time... Too bad they ruined the game. <laughs> I, I don't know. At the same time, though, too, I kind of sit there and go, what the hell did you do next to keep people entertained by this, though? Because you've literally used up all the stuff people coming from the RTS world might have been. Like, hey, why aren't these in the game? Yep. But, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that they start doing some crossover into Overwatch, because I'd love to see, like, some Zerg-based character in Overwatch or something. I don't think they're going to do that. I think Heroes of the Storm is going to be forever be their crossover realm. I think Overwatch will forever be Overwatch. Diablo will forever be Diablo, etc., etc. Nah, I agree, because it would be too difficult for them to implement anything from, like, Diablo, because it'd be so difficult for them to introduce... Well, they do have some melee characters, but, like... They'd have to continue down the melee path a lot. If Overwatch was more like Smite, I think they could do it, but Overwatch is very much an FPS. Yes. And being like a... Uh, or Actually, I probably shouldn't even talk because I don't know the classes in Diablo 3 well enough to describe. I do. You do? Yeah. Only one that'd be an easy transfer would be the Demon Hunter, really, which was the um, arrow kind of range class. Oh, yeah. But you I would, would say Demon Hunter, but I imagine like playing a Shaman or something like a pet-based class. Yeah, Witch Doctor kind of had pets. There's no Shaman Sorry, this that's time what I meant, Witch Doctor. Yeah, Witch Doctor, not Shaman. And I think Thank the, you for translating. Yeah, and I think the reality is if you took anything from that game and tried dropping it into Overwatch, you would lose the point of that class. Like, it's... That game yeah. is very much based around, this is the point of this character. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, no, not much really has gone on with me. I... Yeah. Ready for some news? Sure. We're going to do the Destiny news first because I run this part of the segment, and fuck you, I don't care. Uh, Destiny. (laughs) Gamescom is currently happening as part of Gamescom. Bungie has announced that Destiny is finally getting private PvP matchmaking stuff, which is awesome. And do you even get um, Legendary or not? uh, Which is not... The blue engrams in the game from it. You can get blue gear, so you can farm weapon and armor materials. Which is good, in theory. But yeah, thank fucking god we're finally getting private matches. That means there can be tournaments finally in this game. You can actually practice. There's th- This adds a whole validity to the reason for clans in that game. Which is really goddamn nice. And in the dumbest way possible, it brings it... like. A game that was beloved by a shocking number of people still, it brings it to a point where you can now actually start building a larger community around it. Like, it's... The multiplayer in that game Mm -hmm. was always kind of like, eh, there's a certain randomness to it, but you now can have, like, streamers and YouTubers go head-to-head with each other in a controlled way, which is awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. And on continuing the Destiny theme, it sucks to be Xbox One players of the game because, um... Normally, the PlayStation exclusive stuff last year then comes out on the second console. The Taken King, the last expansion that came out, the last major one that came out for Destiny, that stuff's remaining in effect till fall 2017, which I'm sure is going to piss some people off, because... Because anything does? Uh, this one especially. like I, The Xbox people are pretty pissed off that the Destiny stuff has exclusives, and in some cases... The exclusives are pretty good. Like, there's a whole gun, some armor, a couple, like, there's a, whole, there's a whole mission in that game exclusive to PS4 owners. And it will remain that way for another year, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. To- PS4 has done a lot with the, or I guess they've just done more 
early access things than I was anticipating. Um, uh, instead of buying full exclusivity. Yeah, this. Yes and no. I I I don't think full exclusivity aside for like flat out buying the game that way is gonna be a thing for that much longer because you need to get the game in people's hands and the reality is for games like Destiny I'll shell out the couple bucks to get stupid pre-order bullshit or something like that like it's it just makes fiscal sense to bring it to all stuff eventually Mm -hmm. and locking stuff behind what console you're on is unfortunately shitty um moving on though there's a new Overwatch map. Can you pronounce its name, Jeff? Uh, I haven't tried. I've just been told that there's a castle map. Now. Yeah, H and Wild, H and E I C H E N W A I D E or something. However, the hell you pronounce that, I apologize for butchering it. I... Are you still playing Overwatch, Jeff? Yes, sir. Are you excited for a new map? I am. My roommate was actually pointing out recently before uh, this got announced that um, he or the map um, King's Row for whatever reason just never pops up for us. Like hmm. we'll play thirty games and maybe get one of King's Row, and we're not. At first, we honestly were like, "Did they delete the map from the game?" So I have no idea if they've actually got some level of like some maps just happen less, or if they're trying to like phase an older map out or something. Sure. No, it makes sense. I, yeah, Destiny has a similar issue. There's a couple. It's like, why do we never see this map in the actual rotation? Which sucks, but yeah, you learn to deal with it. More to say on that, or yay, new map? Say that again? More to say on that, or just yay, new map, finally? Just yay, new, yay, new map. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Nordic is now THQ Nordic, which means THQ lives, and all the smart money is now on... Nordic actually phasing out the Nordic name and just becoming the new THQ. For those who missed it, THQ used to be a very important game publisher and developer, and they are now gone. Nordic Games is a primarily Eastern kind of Europe, or just Europe in general, based publisher and developer that does lots of point-and-click stuff and localization, and they bought a big chunk of THQ and THQ went under. So, yeah, THQ lives again, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Makes me want to like go look up like what did, what big things did THQ actually make? All the wrestling games, Saints Row, Darksiders, Red Faction. I'm I'm hearing some good things. I'm hearing some bad. Yes, things. they they were a publisher after all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. It'll be good to see some of that stuff back. I'm just happy to have the name THQ back, even if it means absolutely nothing. THQ. Basically, yeah. Uh, so, mm. have you seen the new RE7 trailer yet, Jeff? I didn't know there was a new one. Came out like a couple days ago or something, like yesterday, I think, as of the podcast recording. Hmm. It's very PT feeling. Say, maybe what I do after this podcast. I was unhappy watching it. I mean, I'd be happy with PT as well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was unhappy watching it because I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, it's PT again. Yeah. Not quite I as mean, PT scary. At this point, if you told me there isn't a new Resident Evil game, there's a new PT gaming, and I still get to play Resident Evil 4 whenever I want, I'd be just as happy. Yeah, no, it, it looks solid. I think it's... 
I don't care about this franchise like you do, or even like a casual person cares about this franchise. But I, mean, I was I care about this game. Franchise is a strong word. <laughs> That's fair. That's which fair. I think there's a lot of people who feel like I do a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No. When they the, when they showed off, hey, we're going to first person. I'm like, oh, that's a cool gimmick. Whatever, Resident Evil. But it looks like they're going back to kind of the um, origins, definitely the horror roots, which mm-hmm. could be cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I do need to beat my way through like zero and one and two at some point. Just like say I've done it and actually get in the know. Well, so the actually. Um, that whatever really weird what there's an up res of resident evil one that came out last year that's fucking solid like it's not just an up res; it's like a full reworking and stuff like that and they're talking about giving two the same treatment which could be very good very good i have one i'll probably wind up getting two knowing me yeah i just trashed on the franchise i'm talking about how i'm collecting it yep um how many copies of re4 do you own re4 uh three the PS2 version, the PS4 version, and the computer version. I do not own the Xbox, or not Xbox, I do not own the GameCube version, and I don't <laughs> plan ever to do so. There's a PS3 um, version as well, but I could be wrong. Um, there probably is a PS3 copy, but there's nothing special about it. Fair. Um, what was I about to say? Um, so there's a new Resident Evil movie coming out. Yeah, I saw um, that trailer. At the moment. I saw that trailer. It was one of the, like the weirdest moments seeing um, Jorah Mormond from Game of Thrones. Yeah, seeing Jorah the Explorer. Like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, what what are you doing in this franchise? Um, I also had this another Twilight moment today, like the Dino with uh, my roommate. I was watching through some old episodes of Cinema Sins because I enjoy them. Yes. And they are doing one on uh, the new Terminator movie that came out. Was it not Generations? Whatever the newest really, really, really bad Terminator movie was. And it's got fucking Daenerys Targaryen playing Sarah O'Connor. And I completely missed that the first time through the movie. Hey. Like, oh, no, girl, don't. No, girl. Stop. Stop. Make make it stop. I know. I believe the word is work. The term is working actress. So yeah, gotta work. Yeah, don't want to starve. Yep. Yeah. So moving on from that though to um, what the fuck is going on? Did you hear that Konami announced a new Metal Gear Solid game? I did hear that, but it was presented to me. It was presented to me by a friend as Fuck Konami. That's And then it was just a link to the article and I was like, I'm not even gonna read that. Yeah, it's it's called Metal Gear Survive. And it looks pretty zombie centric for a Metal Gear game. I mean, Metal Gear games and breaking the idea of like what is and isn't or should be in a Metal Gear game, I think is not something that should be an instant well, so l- deterrent. Let me- let me uh, tell you about the trailer they put out for this game to summarize it quickly. The only important Absolutely. thing you need to know is, as best I can tell, you don't play as Big Boss, you don't play as Snake, you don't really play as anyone important from the Metal Gear franchise at all, and this game takes place in an alternative dimension that you enter into at the end of, what was it called, the um, the small Metal Gear Solid that came up before Metal Gear Solid Five came out. Um, Vengeance? No, it was... Fuck, I'm blanking on the name. Um, 
Sure, is it Revengeance? No, that's the that's the one starring Raiden. Um, God damn, what's it called? Um, do, 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 do. Ground Zeroes. That's the word I'm looking for. Melgar Ground okay. Zeroes. And the trailer features Mother Base getting blown up, and then I'm assuming the character you play as getting sucked into a wormhole in the sky. I mean, this does sound very Metal Gear to me. <laughs> That's too far. And then it cuts to, like, this weird, like, survival base building thing with zombies with giant spikes sticking out of their head and, like, people spearing and arrowing these zombie-ass things. So, yeah. I mean, taking me by surprise is kind of something the Metal Gear series continued to do. So... This just feels... I, I guess surprise is not surprising to me. Yeah, I, I... This just feels... I don't know what. Like, it's it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I always kind uh. of assume Konami might at some point make another Metal Gear Solid game without Kojima, but at the same time, like, at least make a goddamn Metal Gear Solid game, not some weird... Dynasty Warrior Zombie Survival Horde Mode thing. Like, that's... it's. This is what I kind of fear to trust. We're taking the name and doing something completely different with it. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. mean, if Peace wants to save save the uh, the phrase that you just dropped for when Kojima's next project come out comes out, and just have the full phrase you just said of like, make another Metal Gear Solid game, not this, <laughs> or not a zombie shooter or something, and yeah. then like, be interesting to see. No, but at the same time, though, I want to see what Kojima can do now that he's no longer making Metal Gear Solid games. Like, I, I've enjoyed his plethora of work. So, like, this mm-hmm. is more just, hey, we understand this name is still popular. Let's slap it on something. Yep. But, yeah. Um, you familiar with Curse at all, Jeff? Curse? Yeah. Or Cursed? Curse. Uh, the gaming company? Yes. Yes. <laughs> can you explain Curse? curse it's a like they used to be a league of legends team they uh oh no i'm talking about the uh voiceover guys yeah they i was gonna say it's a gaming company that makes all kinds of like voiceover stuff for games that don't necessarily have it or they try and do all kinds of client improvements sure they i think they own lol esports and i think they own um i know they own uh curse speak or whatever they call their client um, I've used it before. It's ba- it's like the predecessor to Discord. Sure. Well, they're getting um, bought by Twitch. Oh, neat. Yeah. Well, they're um, getting acquired by Twitch. for them. I actually just got a cursed T-shirt recently, but that's because I like the sports team. Sure. By sports team, I mean esports team. That is dissolved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think Twitch is actually going to do with this tech? That I have no fucking That's clue. why I put it on the docket, no longer. This is just yeah. kind of out of left field. It's a, what the hell are they thinking? The cynical part of... I had of- to guess, it's probably some kind of stat tracking. Because right now, if you watch like a professional game of League of Legends online, because people do fantasy esports, sure. um, which you're allowed to groan and roll your eyes at. Ah, whatever. Um, it's no worse than fantasy baseball or football. But, um... Because of a lot of that, there's all kinds of stat trackers and stuff that, like, you know, if you if you know Bjergsen's on your team or something, it tells you like, you know, he's got 35 points this game or whatever, and like, you know, who's doing what, and it, 
I would be surprised to find Twitch starts implementing some kind of client side stuff for their uh, the streamers to be like, you know, you're watching, you know, I don't know, Saint Vicious or something. He currently has this build. He built this item first, and like, he currently is, you know, doing this much APM or StarCraft. Like, this player started this, expanded this time. Like, some kind of like, just better numbers thing because that's the only thing i could see that kind of level of like live continuous streaming data crunching stuff like voice technology and twitch needing to have with each other yeah you made the joke a little while back when they added um eating to the twitch approved things you could stream part of me wonders if we're going down some weird side cam business or something with this because like this is maybe the, this is the framework you need to be able to have two way communication between a streamer and a client, like, yep, or something strange like that. And they've already added an idea for like tipping or paying or something like that. Like it's strange. I've listened. It could also be cool. listen to some. Go ahead. It could also be a way for like the streamers to expand their like interact more deeply with their fan communities. Like, hey, if you're a paid subscriber of my channel, you can talk to me in curse chat or something like that. But yeah. Um, I mean, right now, some people do that with TeamSpeak, but yeah. it's fewer and further between. Um, what was I going to say? I have seen different podcasts that I've listened to through the years will sometimes have, like, a local phone number that you can call and leave voicemails, like a like an everyday yeah. radio show. Um, and I've seen them do voicemail stuff. That said, the one person that I did listen to their voicemail thing, I will never listen to that show's voicemail thing again because all the stuff was like people just calling to tell them to kill themselves. <laughs> um, it was basically unleash the internet with a voice. <laughs> the yeah. internet has a voice. Turns out it's not uh, not very nice sometimes. Yeah, that's that's not sitting great. there like you had a week's worth of content, people calling in, and these are the best things you could pull from the pile. Yeah. You get to screen this. You get to pick what people say. You could have stopped this from happening. Yeah. Yeah. And the poor host is like, well, that wasn't very constructive criticism. Moving on. Yeah. You, you got to work with you got in some ways, but yeah. Yeah. That's not great. Not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, so I guess moving on. Um, you a fan of Mass Effect, Jeff? Um... I did see what you're about to talk about, and it intrigues me greatly because depending on what they do with this, it may solve one of my biggest conundrums in life. So what Jeff is alluding to is um, EA has hinted or stopped saying no to the idea that maybe a remastered Mass Effect trilogy might actually happen. Uh, Me being cynical, look at that and go, is this because we're all starting to get a little worried about Mass Effect Andromeda and you guys aren't showing shit about that? You're now like waving a shiny thing that we've been like, you know, you should do this already, EA. But as a big fan of the Mass Effect games, I'm kind of okay with this, maybe. Mm-hmm. As someone who hasn't played the Mass Effect games and views Mass Effect 1 and its old oldiness and it ain't the amount great. of people... It ain't great, yeah. And going back down that path intentionally is a difficult thing to overcome. Yeah. And if they can represent to me the game, not just up because honestly graphics don't bother me, 
but more functional and implementing a lot of the upgrades that the second game brought, such as things like scanning planets and stuff that I've been told really bring the game into functionality. Um, if they were able, to- if they can take the combat system from the second and third game and put that in the first one, you're fine. Scanning planets is a separate stupidity. Okay. I mean, that's the only mechanic I'm aware of. I haven't played the yeah. game, but no, it's, if, the if first... they fix the problems, I'd be much more... No, and that that's part of what intrigues yeah. me. Part of me would also just love to have a... I, I played I played the Mass Effect through on the... Um, what's the word? Xbox 360 stuff. I would... I have no reason to get it for the PC now that I've moved over onto that, but... I kind of would be curious about it, like, hey, we fixed the graphics, we fixed some stuff, re-release of it that's on the PC so I can have it for archival purposes. Hmm. And I'll always take more Mass Effect at the end of the day. I may actually, if they ever release this, I may have to get on a console so I don't have to install Origin. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's probably going to be on Origin. You are correct. Yeah. But speaking of Origin... um. Titanfall 2 yep. has partnered with Buffalo Wild Wings. There are companies I want to partner with Buffalo Wild Wings. That isn't it. Yeah, you can get God some... God damn it, Riot. You can get some exclusive... God damn it, in- MSG. <laughs> That's not Riot. Or whatever it's called. What M- Or not MLG. What's the... um? Yes, MLG. What's the uh, fighting game one? FGC? FGC. Yeah. MSG, FGC. Abbreviations for words. But yeah, yes. no, so... Um, the Bu- sto- partner with Buffalo Wild Wings. So you can get some special skins for the for your Titan and stuff like that if you were to Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't get this one, but it was dumb enough where I'm looking at that going, yeah, that's stupid. It's not even clear what the deal really is aside for, hey, it's totally happening. Yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings... Because I'm spoiled in that I've had, I'm surrounded by a restaurant chain called Wings Over, and it's always Wings Over, and then insert the name of the town that it happens to be in. So, like, if there was one in Boston, it'd be Wings Over Boston. Yeah. Um, and they make amazing fried chicken. And going to Buffalo Wild Wings, and their honey mustard just doesn't impress me. And that's one of my favorite food, like, comfort foods on the planet. Yeah, but the that way- said. They do have the nacho burger, and that is great. <laughs> uh, the way this works is you eat at Buffalo Wild Wings, you get some codes during the promotional period, so yeah. And then they continue to hope that I buy their game. Hmm. I'll probably buy Titanfall too. I'm not sure I'm going to a. Yeah. I'm not sure there are Buffalo Wild Wings even in LA, so. I w- or if I have them out here, I wouldn't bank on them being out there. Um, I thought there might be one or two, but who the fuck Maybe. knows? Mm hmm. Rocket League has surpassed 20 million players. That game just continues to build steam. I yeah, don't get it, but if only we'd I'm given it game it of the year last year instead of giving it to Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> only I'm still bitter about that one. <laughs> uh, I need to play some more MGS Five. It's such a good game. Yeah. So I guess building off the uh, VR talk from earlier, Intel has announced a wireless VR headset. So Intel's throwing their hat in the ring. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for something like this to happen. It's got some cool tech, like a camera that will detect your hand and scan into the game for you and stuff like that. This feels very, hey, we're doing this too, and here's a pretty decent proof of concept, but none of the stuff I found on this makes it seem fully baked. 
I think we're about to go through the 1980s with video games where you have all those, like, knockoff video game consoles that are about to get pushed aside by the PlayStation and the Nintendo. I that, wouldn't like, call this a knockoff. You hear about. Like, Intel's... Well, not a, knockoff, yeah. but, like... You hear about them in the past tense and how how they only got ten video games because they went out of business in six months. Not sure. Like, I'm not saying that Intel's going to be the one to go out of business, but not all four, I don't think, can... Or right now we've got PSVR, the Oculus, the Vive, and then this. I don't know if the if all four can be sustainable. Well, I think the reality is none of them are winning yet, and none of them need to be sustainable yet. They're all being driven by some, like, dark master, for lack of a better phrase. And, like, until one actually pulls ahead, I'm not sure we can talk about how many different VR headsets the marketplace can actually conceivably support because, well, mm-hmm. there's no demand for it yet, really. Like, it's the some people want them and some men, but most people are like, yeah, whatever. I'm yeah. not spending 500 bucks on a headset. Yeah, it keeps coming back to that price point problem. Yeah. No, I... This I, is it's really a luxury item. I think a weird make-or-break point will be what happens with the um, PlayStation VR. I know we've been... I know me and you have been awfully kind of that thing, but it's a game console, and I think that's how you sell VR. Like, the reality is VR up until this point has been kind of prosumer slash... Yeah, it's, it's been very hobby-grade for lack of a better concept, where it's it's for enthusiasts of the idea, not the mass market. No, I, I think you actually summed that up really well. Yeah. Uh, the um, PS4 4.0 update is upon us and or being detailed slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes with lots of fun features that will change the menu some. There's folders and shit like that. But why is this important? Because this will probably be the OS for the PS4... The, the PlayStation PSVR. Neo, yeah, the Neo thing, whatever that one is, whenever it comes out, the better PS4, for lack of a better phrase. They've also said okay, it will yeah. make it faster. They've updated some of the video editing stuff inside the console itself. But, oh, yeah, nice. that's... They've kept a lot of the details secret, I'm willing to bet, because PS4 Neo. They're unveiling that later on, or they're unveiling it next month. So I'm sure we'll get a lot more details as part of that reveal, potentially. The PS4K thing. Yeah, that's the Neo. Yep. And before we get to the really fun chunk of news, um, ever play City Skylines? I have not, no. The better Sim City? <laughs> so, I the Sim I played the most of was Farm Simulator. And all I did was crank up natural disasters to 10 and watch the whole thing go to sh- get absolutely destroyed by tornadoes and blizzards. So that's the thing. Um... My only knock against City Skylines was the lack of earthquake, firestorm, alien invasions. City mm-hmm. Skylines is now releasing an expansion that adds those suckers in. Nice. Yeah, it's called City Skylines Natural Disasters. It's got a trailer and everything, and I might actually pick up this game at this point. I played some of it on and off at other people's on other people's accounts, and it's Definitely one of the best SimCity games ever made. The mod community for it is just amazing. That is that is a game that's kind of a here's how to make a small indie darling right in some ways. Like That game is mm-hmm. deserves so much of what it, of all the hype it got. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's finally fixing the one issue. Too much realism. It's finally taking that back and saying, you want a firestorm? Fucking fine, firestorm. If you want the... Uh... 
if you want it to look like the uh, like God has raised his head and is pissed off at the universe and is just pissing on your city, you can now have that. Yep. And that's what you really want out of SimCity game, really. That and the ability to delete the ladder to a pool. That's Sims, not SimCity. <laughs> I know. To zoom all the way in, take that man's pool. No! Take the ladder Why out of the pool. The I'll never get out. The pool ladder. <laughs> you live in the pool now. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> but the great big dick in the sky has decided. Yeah, basically. Well, so speaking about the great big dick in the sky, we have um. Yeah. No. We have <laughs> one last piece of news. Mm-hmm. And it's about Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. And how they're potentially facing a class action lawsuit. Oh, joy. Oh, I actually probably have something I'll throw on the news as well after this. Fair. Pokemon related. Not Pokemon Go related. Yeah, so um, Niantic is having a class action lawsuit for... Essentially, invasion of privacy and disruption of the peace and all that kind of stuff thrown at them. And I can't say it doesn't make a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the, the allegations are basically that Niantic made a bunch of um, locations, Pokestops, that were people's houses or encouraged an excess of transit into residential areas that became disruptive. And... The way the articles I read on this kind of explain it, basically it comes out to we had people like just walking up to our house at random hours of the night, like looking in our windows, looking in our car, just kind of milling about, mm-hmm. messing up the lawn, just awkwardly being there. Necessarily, didn't necessarily do anything bad except trespassing, but when a game essentially encourages that behavior, you have a right to get pissed. Like there's been a bunch of stories about like... um a residential complex is getting mad that their courtyard was a Pokemon gym and a bunch of Pokestops. And while the reactions weren't necessarily good, they're fair because at least not all Pokemon Go players are mindful or good to the people around them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of this could be solved with a, like, make me not a Pokestop.com or something. Yes, and that's definitely the case, but at the same time, though, too... That's not that doesn't available. Undo the damage. It's not available yet. And like, also imagine you buy a house, you move into the house, you live there for five years, and you don't know what Pokemon Go is for a couple days. But suddenly, you just have a fuck ton of teenagers and twenty-something-year-olds hanging around on your yard because you're a gym or a good Pokestop or something. Oh no, I agree that I I, I see the inconvenience and the problem. Yeah, I don't or, know if they'll win it because obviously. Niantic, even though those things are Pokestops, does not hold guns to people's heads and force them to go to other people's property. Yeah. Um, Definitely encourage They have it. much more liability on an individual level. Like, you are on my lawn. Get the fuck off my lawn. But I can, I definitely see the argument that they'll make. And, I mean, court is based on who can argue the best more than who's wrong and right. Yeah. So no, we'll see where I, this one I, lands. I, I think there's a very strong argument to potentially be made that... I'll be interested to look into because there's also we didn't mention it in the news because I thought it was stupid at the time, but like um, there's some urging in New York to have the game point out sex offenders or like ban sex offenders from playing the game or some shit like that. So mm-hmm. it's I personally think Pokemon goes on a bit of a downswing right now, but I also think 
it's time this type of stuff started popping out of the woodwork because it's not going anywhere. And hell, after an entire summer, people like awkwardly looking at my house till all hours of the night, I'd be pissed too. Mm-hmm. So you said you had a news thing? So I'm going to talk about this in kind of a may or may not kind of way because sure. I don't know how legal it is. So I recently came into the understanding and knowledge of a game called Pokemon Omicron and Pokemon Zeta. Okay. Which are Nintendo has actively gone against the community and said you may not have these and they've yeah. gotten taken off Steam and anywhere else that they were residing. But basically the community got together and made a Pokemon game using RPG editor and Pokemon Omicron and Pokemon Zeta what were what were farted out. And I'm going to cite that I saw some Twitch streamers playing it, is how I have knowledge about it. Because um, I did see Twitch streamers playing the game. And there are some features in that game that I actually didn't realize I wanted in regular Pokemon that the community just absolutely nailed. Which is at the beginning of the game, it asks the user how much swag, or yes or no, will you allow your opponent to have swag in the game? And it turns the rival into the biggest fucking douchebag on the planet. And it makes him the most wonderfully hateable person. And it's just absolutely fantastic for the game. It just makes it, like, really fun. I'm assuming um, you're bringing this up because Pokemon Uranium got released and then shut down hard by Nintendo in the last, like, literally week. Uh, I actually have no knowledge of that. Oh, fair enough. That's the most recent fan-made Pokemon game that, like, got an obscene number of likes and views and downloads and following stuff. yeah and nintendo came nintendo and does not take kindly to that shit so much so that they managed <laughs> to get like um what's like mega upload and stuff like that or mega download to take down links to it like that's an impressive feat <laughs> yeah then those are usually the type of websites that i associate or is mega upload in russia i don't know no oh. i think it's one of those things like um what was it meta cafe i think is in russia and they basically like they don't want to take something down. They don't. <laughs> yeah. We do not feel like taking down this link. But but mm -hmm. we'll pay you. We do not feel like doing it still. Niet! Yes. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely been a thing. You can get some torrents out there for it. But yeah, if you've ever wondered what Nintendo looks like what's on a warpath, follow the story of Pokemon Uranium. Mm-hmm. I might have to. It actually sounds entertaining. It jumped on that hand grenade like it was like that hand grenade was off not even off the guy's belt. It's like, hey, I gotta Oh god, lawyers. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's it for news, yeah. I think, unless you got something burning a hole in your pocket to talk about news wise. Nope, just the uh Pokemon um was it Omicron and Zeta? Yeah. That said, um, was this a down? Was Pokemon Uranium like a downloaded game, or yeah. was it a? Uh, or did, were people like distributing cartridges or something? Nope, just a download. Okay. But yeah. That said, Nintendo, feel free to make and charge me for a PC version of a Pokemon game so I can play it between queues of League of Legends. That'll never happen. Probably not, but. If if you do, I'll pay sixty dollars for it because yeah. I know that's what you want. And your current your current Pokemon game is currently standing behind a two hundred dollar paywall for me. So no, yeah, <laughs> they actually have confirmed that when the um, NX comes out, a Pokemon game will release for that in the first year it's available. So that'll be mm -hmm. interesting to see what the hell that means. 
I hope they go back to the stadium games. I would be super on board for that, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. The reality is graphics yep. have caught up to the point where the Game Boy game, at least the newest one, kind of looks like the Pokemon Stadium game. Oh, yeah, they surpass anything the N64 could do. Um, I just wanted to bring back quite. all the like. I don't like the art style, but, yeah, they're getting there. Yeah. I'd also really like them to bring back the mini games and shit, especially now I'm an adult and I have access to alcohol. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure you should drink anymore ever, but... Mm-hmm. Yes, I solemnly swear to never drink again today. Fair. <laughs> Ready for our main topic? Absolutely. So we were going to talk about it last year and kind of did before Jeff um, blacked out and fell into a stupor and woke up on a pile of his own laundry and stuff like that. But so we're going to talk about No Man's Sky briefly, or in, not maybe necessarily briefly, but in depth. Um, I know we're a little late getting to this. Things happen, unfortunately. But it feels in many ways more relevant because it's not going away and the internet feels very confused about how to talk, feel, respond to No Man's Sky at this point. So um, Mm -hmm. for those of you who follow the channel, you may have to put up a kind of quick look of it. I actually went back and played about eight or ten hours more of it after we put that. I literally uninstalled that thing off my PS4 and said, "Eh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to talk about this more. I should re-download this and play some more of it, and I wouldn't say my view has changed. The edges have dithered some, I guess might be the right way of thinking of it, but I'm really curious what you know, what you think of this game, what your impression of this game is, Jeff, because I get the impression your roommate's been kind of showing stuff off to you, but you haven't actually touched the game yet, have you? I have not played the game. I've definitely watched enough people streaming it, and I've talked to a ton of people playing it. Okay, before you get into that, what the hell is a stream of No Man's Sky like? It's just a person going around doing No Man's Sky things. How long did you watch It was much more of a thing. I only watched them for like 20-minute bursts, but I also was watching these in that weird, awkward point when the game was before it was out. Ah. Um, Before they fixed the issues. That said, watching a stream, like, the overall problems that they had didn't really affect me. Yeah. I didn't really care. Fair. Um... So I saw there were some things that really impressed me. Like, I didn't know that, like, you could go to a place, like a planet, and then there would just be, like, civilized, like, buildings and stuff with electronic infrastructure. And, like, all of a sudden, like, something could be ready to go supernova and you could interact with it, like, was something I was not anticipating. I thought it was going to be literally, like the rejects of the video game spawn wandering on pl- every planet. And I never encountered anything that cool in my game, I guess. So the impression I've gotten from more deep diving on the topic is that the more interesting parts of the game or the, or the parts where the developers actually put their hands on it and did stuff like those anomalies and stuff like that, like a all-metal planet or something strange like that, that are very much, yep. no, we made one. Yep. There's also a lot of, I mean, the statistic... Um, they, you, someone can sit here and explain the statistics on how possible it is for you to find a very interesting planet. And a lot of planets are boring. Yes, yes, they are. But there are. are a few of them that have a lot of interesting shit going on. And I don't know if this is getting ahead of myself, but like I feel like this game is still incomplete and people are rightfully upset about that. But at the same time, a lot of the implementations that they're promising don't seem impossible. Yeah, so like, I guess to take, to take a step back on that one, 
there's a conversation to be had about the fact that like this is an offline game more or less because you can play with an internet connection. It's not like Destiny where you have to have a login, have to have internet at all times to play it. The game they shipped on disc is not in many ways the game that even it currently is now. Like if you were playing this game on disc, you're playing without the day one patch potentially, and that game I've gotten the impression is a pretty bad game in many ways that gets fixed a bunch by the day one patch as is common the practice. Day one at patch. This point. If you ever want to see something impressive, read the day one patch notes. They're like two pages long. They're prolific. Yes. Bullet. It's huge. Yeah. And to what Jeff was just talking about, they're talking about adding a bunch of stuff to the game, which. I think the general reaction to it's been, why wasn't this already in the game? Correct. Yeah, it's so... Which, that's what makes it so hard to discuss in a weird way, is the fact that it's like, the community has every reason to be upset by the fact that none of this stuff was in the game. But also everyone's kind of looking around and going, man, if they were just to implement those things and maybe fix the ending a bit, I'd be really happy, I think. I don't know the um, ending, and I don't care, but, like, it's... I don't think... No, sh- you should know the ending, because it's pretty... Do we want to throw a spoiler thing on right now, so I can tell you the ending? Um, no, I'll look it up afterwards. You can tell me afterwards. All right. Yeah, it's... I, I have no urge to play more of that game. Like, my 8-hour, my 10-hour deep dive on it was enough for me to go, yup, this is what this game is, and I do not care. Like... Once the oh my god look how impressive this text lux uh, this tech luxster uh, wore off for me, I had a moment of okay, basically I do the same thing on every planet, and my game and the game then shifted towards I'm gonna find as many goddamn plants as I can to claim them in the name of Charlie and something Wicked Studios, and yeah. it's like well you could explore yeah, but I don't really need to. Well, why not? Because I can't build a better gun. I can only build gun upgrades. I, can, I can't build a better exosuit. I can only build exosuit upgrades. And I'll, if I'm trying to build one of those, I'll just go and farm the exact materials I need. Like, if I find a gold-rich plant, yeah, I'll farm that for a couple minutes. But there was one plant I got super involved in trying to track down all the stuff on it, and just eventually it was, I'm leaving. Why? I don't care about this at all. None of these yeah. pinpoints are interesting to me, and it's just the same pinpoint over and over and over I'm going to go to another planet get that ooh and ah moment. And don't get me wrong, there are some damn impressive plants in that game. I found one that's like a painted, like the ground is this crazy psychedelic rainbow pattern, and it's just covered in floating islands. And that was cool, and I'm like, neat, flying over that, leaving now. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's kind of interesting about this game is there's... Most games, like, I talked about the game inside, and the ending has a very, like defined here you either from this couple of minutes onward you either hate or love this game sure and this game i don't feel like has that defined hard line here is the defining moment where you discover whether or not you love this game or hate this game it just kind of winds down in a weird way like because you it almost because there's nothing offensive about it it just repeats itself and then you stop looking to continue your exploration. Like you just mentioned, like you will pass over an amazing planet. Yeah. Like it's this almost like pittering out kind of thing, but still, but it's being pittered out on something enjoyable. So it's this really weird, conflicted emotion, I think. Um, 
I don't know. I hope that they didn't finish the game because I would buy the game that is promised. The game that is there, like I've seen Reddit posts that are four pages long citing where things were supposed to be put into the game that aren't in the game and whatnot. Um, so, I, I mean, like, they could fix this game. Yeah. And I really hope they do. Well, so that's where I guess I differ, because I don't think fixing this game will actually be fixing this game. Like, you can add stuff like freighters and home bases and all that stuff to, like, to you're blue in the face to use a horrible cliche. Well, it's not going to change my issue with the game is that the loop for it isn't a good loop. Like it's it's a it's a game all about exploration. That's great. I don't care about exploring. I love exploring in video games. And the issue is, it's when you even when you explore, you don't feel good about exploring. Like it's well, the problem at the moment is there's no driving factor for exploration, and the easiest one that was supposed to be implemented is survival. And the problem is, is that now one person had a counter argument that I listened to this on this, which was every planet is so overabundant with resources because if you crash there and fuck up your ship, there needs to be enough resources to get your ass off. Yes, of it. and that. But because of this, it destroys scarcity. Yes, and that's the big <clears throat> problem with the game. Like the survival stuff is there. The issue is it's all powered by resources that you can find, and like. The game is battling the fact that on one hand it wants to be a survival game. On the other hand, it's the vastness of space. We have to give you enough stuff to survive if we're going to push that survival mechanic. Yeah. I think that they need to go further down the survival thing and maybe make things that are a bit more difficult or put challenge ratings like up front on certain planets. Like, you might die here. You might not get off. You may have to fucking restart your game if you enter this planet. But guess what? It has gold. Yeah, like, I, I, but I don't think that fixes the game. I think that just it, it adds challenge to the game. The issue is like the game doesn't handle great. Combat in that game is terrible. Space combat in that game also terrible. Even mining in that game doesn't feel all that great. And then the progression path is weird. And the fact that you don't speak I mean, the, like, those neat little world details, like when you interact with other species. You don't speak their language, and that's kind of cool until it kind of flips around, and you're like, I just want to ask them if they can sell me a better multi-tool. I want a better mm -hmm. multi-tool already, and I got one eventually, but it was because I went to a random space station. They're like, hey, we're giving you new multi-tools. We're just giving them out right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. like, a lot of these things are things that can be fixed without a colossal amount of effort. I mean... I guess a, the scarcity thing is overhauling how the game treats resources. Fixing gunplay is basically find a game that has better gunplay and rip them off. No, so I think this is kind of an interesting point. It's not so... I don't think you can, quote, fix that game without fundamentally changing that game. And they've made, for better or worse, the game they want to make. Maybe it's lacking a couple details and stuff like that, but the No Man's Sky team, Hello Games has made the game they set out to make. Part of the issue is this game got inflated to something it's not, but the reality also is they, they've made their giant procedurally-generated open-world game. It's still a procedurally-generated game, though, and as a result of that, you have to have certain rules that make it so you can actually enjoy the game and get off the plants if you crash there or something like that. And then on top of it, it's... 
I heard this correct phrase, it's the tyranny of procedure generation where just because you have an infinite number of planets doesn't mean you can skimp on the gameplay aspects of it. Like, And the gameplay of this game is, look how many fucking planets we have. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe I do agree that they would need to change a lot of the fundamentals of the game, but I guess I, that's kind of what I'm pushing for, is I'd love to see them change the fundamentals to bring about maybe a better survival game. That may just be because I love survival games. I mean, we just had to talk about PT and Resident Evil. And you're then making a different game, though, I think, at that point. Like, that's the reality. If this is a very casual survival-ish game that's about exploration, about, hey, look at this. It's, it's in some bizarre ways almost a tech demo for their planet-building system. Like, it's, it's a really cool piece of technology that when you get in there and you're actually playing around with it doesn't necessarily stack up the way you might want it to. So let me bounce or throw a question at you. Sure. So this was a question that was proposed to me because it's hard to go through your daily life and not hear about this game. Yeah. How would you feel if this game didn't cost $60? I think if this game was like $20 or $30, people might be less upset. Like the reality is it's a very impressive game for a 10-man indie studio. But this game is most definitely an indie game, and it costs AAA release title money. And it's... I don't know if it's actually even that good an indie game if you really stop and think about it. Like, it's... I generally think of indie games as kind of pushing the idea of gameplay as the forefront and then a nice art style on top of it. They're not, they're not really tech demos. Like... If this game costs less, I think there'd be less controversy around it. I'm not sure it would make it a better game for me because it costing less does not change the fundamental issue of I don't find this fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Yeah. For me, it was kind of like... If you start making the game cost less, you're now pushing it from potentially over to being a tech demo. Kind of like, you know, how Portal was originally a game of, like, some wizard and princess or some shit. Yeah. And, like, had the Portal mechanics and then they transformed it into a different game. It will be interesting to see what comes out next. Um, that said, it may sour a lot of people on the idea of the procedurally generated world. And people are just going to go, oh, God, not No Man's Sky again. Unless a game, like, you know, crazy hypothetical, like, if the guys who, you know, made P.T., picked up this game, we're like, okay, we're going to create this procedurally generated universe. Everything's going to be scarce. The game's going to be like uh, fucking uh, DayZ kind of difficult, and players are the problem. Well, so, and I think that's the issue. What makes a game like PT so great is it's a very sculpted, hands-on by the developer game. When you well, I was trying to just pick, like, a survival horror no, but that, company. It didn't have to be specifically there. No, but one. even, like, DayZ is a pretty controlled, sculpted game in some ways. It's open world, there's a lot of variety in it, but they have locked down the rules for that game pretty hard, and the expanse you travel in, while decent, is not mind-bogglingly huge. Mm-hmm. Like, and th- I mean, resource management's just an Excel sheet away. Yeah, but at the same time, though, too, like, it's the, the point of No Man's Sky is look how many goddamn planets you can go to. And to take it, the, the reality is, like, 
in that giant vastness of plants, you have to make it so you can get off the planet. You can argue back and forth that's a good set that helps the survival mechanic, but as a developer, you have no control over what planet a player goes to. And as a result, if you strand a player on that planet, you're going to piss off people in a totally different way where the game is cheap at that point. Like, it's the... Even Dark Souls, a game famous for, like, kicking you in the nuts and stealing your lunch money, has a certain level of, like, no, here's how we built this encounter. It's a shitty encounter, but we built it to be that way specifically. Like, we, our hands are in there working the dials exactly as we want it to be. And the procedural generatedness of No Man's Sky removes the ability to have that hands-on experience. It's no longer, it's no longer exactly what they want. It's what they could make with the system they developed to make planets. Like, and that's why, for every ridiculously badass planet you get, you get like five. Yup, it's basically flat, running around now. Planets. Mm-hmm. There's some cool sky texture here, I guess. Oh, look, it's like. I came across a plan in that game that was basically the Nightmare Before Christmas. The air, the air was toxic. There were, like, pumpkin things everywhere. All the monsters were, like, giant raptor things that were weirdly herbivores. But, like, it was a kind of cool Halloween planet. And the damn thing was mm-hmm. basically flat. Mm-hmm. Which sucked. Mm-hmm. And then I found another plan that was different, but also kind of flat. And... To be fair, the plants I spent the most time on were ones that had resources I wanted and more variety, but it was still like, yay, this one has hills and ravines. Joy. The axis. Yeah. Oh. And that's a result of here are variables, here's what spit out. Like, it's the, I'm sure if Hello Games could, they'd have loved to have custom made every plant to have something cool, but you can't in that system. Like, they can only mm-hmm. custom make the ones that are the important, like, the anomalies and the important ones. And there's obviously some, like, the self-destruct planet you told me about and stuff like that. Like, that's cool shit that you can't have on everything just based on how the dice roll system works for procedure-generated mm-hmm. content. You can play with the numbers, though, and you can increase the odds of certain things happening. Yes. You do run into the problem of redundancy, but also it's a vast enough... I mean, at this point, it's a vast enough problem of people not running into enough interesting things and, like, only find, like, in 30 hours of content, you'll have someone who's maybe run into, like, four planets that contain, um, like, mega monsters and yeah. stuff. Um, which, you know, you can increase that number. Um, like, there are things they can do to improve the quality life of the existing universe. Yeah, you could definitely tweak those numbers, but at the same time, then, too it becomes redundant of, oh, all the plants have mega monsters, all the plants have raining blood moments or something like that. Like it's I mean, there's a balance. <laughs> yes, there's a balance, and I think this is what they chose the balance to be. And, like, again, I don't object to a bunch of boring plants. I assume there are a shit ton of boring planets out there in the vast. Get a telescope, you want to find a lot of them? Yeah. Like, I- I'm sure there's plenty of boring-ass plants out there in the galaxy. The issue is you need to do something with your gameplay to offset the reality of, yup, it's another not-so-cool planet, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I... I, know, I guess that's why I'm so into the survival thing, because that could give importance to boring planets. Yeah, but, like, it's... but it's, how That's do, still a different video game. It, it's a very different video game at that point. Like, and there are survival elements there that don't work. They're, they're, they're one of the most annoying and not challenging parts of the game, because it's like... Fuck, my life support's almost out. Kill a tree. 
fine. You're charged now, you piece of shit. Yeah, I was told basically the no, the main enemy in that game is your inventory space. Yes, that's absolutely correct. It is time and your inventory space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're pretty close to against the clock, so do you want to just have any final conclusions on yeah, this one? Yeah, no, it's, that's all I got really on No Man's Sky. I think my, fa- my favorite comment I've come up with is No Man's Sky makes me really want to give Eve a serious chance because... The majority of gripes I have about that game are even that Use game. A smaller universe. Yeah, even that game are surprisingly comparable. And for two games, basically about blasting raw, uh, rocks with lasers to mine them, Eve does a better job of automating that process. So I'm not forced to be constantly cognizant of it. And I read a couple articles comparing No Man's Sky to Destiny as in this kind of weird, oh, it's the new fans love it, but reviewers don't like it. That's horseshit. Mm-hmm. I, as someone who play has played both, like, Destiny under-delivered on a bunch of, like, on, on, on hype we came up with. That game is solid. No Man's Sky is kind of a iffy handshake of a game, potentially, that... Doesn't underdevelop on what the hype was. Doesn't underdevelop what the hype was. It just isn't the hype at all. Like it's really not the game a bunch of people thought it was to a shocking degree. At least Destiny resembles the game we thought it was, and has reasons to keep coming back. Has challenges. Has antagonists. Has a sense of progress. And I get No Man's Sky is kind of a race to the center of the universe, but you're telling me the ending is kind of. Man, you're not gonna like this I, when I, I tell you. I'm sure I won't. Like it's, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> like you get this red orb thing. You take the orb to the center of the galaxy. And it goes, "Thank you for shepherding me. Enjoy the universe," or some bullshit like that. We will now supernova mm. everything and kill the galaxy or whatever. I described it to my roommate as in the uh, in the Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy books. There's this one part, and I think it's in the fourth book where they go to what's supposed to be where is inscribed God's last words to his creator. Yeah. And the place is this absolute hellfire, like, it is raining, like, meteorites practically, like, there's tons of fire, Martin is limping along, half destroyed, and they finally get to where it is, and it just says temporarily out of order. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about (laughs) right. That sounds about right. And it's the increasingly inaccurately named Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. Not series. It's a trilogy, mm-hmm. damn it. Mm-hmm. You're ignoring uh, two of the five? Oh, no. It's it's the increasingly inaccurately named Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. Inaccurately oh, named. <laughs> yes. That's Douglas Adams' joke about his own trilogy, so I have to abide by it. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Skip the fourth book. <laughs> I don't mind the fourth book. I like all those books in their own weird ways, but... Uh. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, it's I. I went into No Man's Sky expecting not to like it, and there wasn't even enough there for me to dislike the game. It was kind of this resounding, meh. Like it's that's the thing is there isn't enough like egregious things about it to be active like to just be like oh, like it's not enough to like do a spit take and be like Bleh. yeah no it's it's very like, much a game that if it hadn't gotten this giant hype balloon attached to it we'd have been like oh yeah no man's sky came out is it good it has a shit ton of planets and and there's a bunch of planets in that game like if it was 20 bucks or 30 bucks and kind of like a normal indie release we'd be like yeah this is pretty cool 
whatever, moving mm-hmm. on now. But because it's this big public thing, it's it's a resounding eh, shrug. Mm-hmm. Is it good? It's not terrible. Is it bad? It's not not bad. Is it good? It's not not good either. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I guess I'm going to make my final conclusion that there's the skeleton here for a better game, whether it be made by them or someone else. It's more like someone stole a cool skeleton, but didn't take all of it in one shot. They're like, yeah, we got the skull and some rib cages and the arm, and then put it in a suit of armor or something, and you're like, man, it's kind of cool half a skeleton you got there. It's like The skeleton of a cool game isn't even complete in this one. It feels, I'll say it again, it feels a disturbing amount like a tech demo of some kind. Mm-hmm. Well, it probably was. <laughs> Pro- potentially. I mean, it's original, like, I remember watching its E3 release. The guy's like, I have two minutes and 45 seconds to do all this. Yeah. 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 And then it turned out people wanted it, and then here we are now. <laughs> Talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, That's all I got on this one. So, I just said my piece, so. Yeah. Shall, shall we call it? Yeah, we have to do our closeout first. Um, thank you. For say, jo- would you like the honors? Well, I guess thank you for joining us and all that stuff. As always, we are the Wicked Awesome Cast, a um, subsidiary and the official podcast of Something Wicked Studios. You can find Something Wicked Studios at somethingwickedstudios.net or on the YouTube as Something Wicked Studios. Um, you can email us at wickedawesomecast.com. That's, again, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. And, yeah, if we ever get any mail, we might read it on the show or something. You can also comment on the podcasts on the website. If you go to somethingwickedstudios.net, I believe all of this information is down in the show notes part of this thing, too. So you have no excuses, Internet. No excuses. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And, uh, Say, and would you like the honors? I'll give the honors to you. I'm, I'm glad you're alive after passing out on me, so I'll let you close this one out. I got a whole podcast to myself last week, after all. <laughs> all right, then. Cue the metal. Cue the metal.